Good evening, and welcome to episode 15 of Nightmare Theater, an open book club for nightmares. Tonight we're going to be discussing lucid dreams and nightmares, something that I've talked about, touched on many, many times in previous episodes, but I thought that I should do a deeper dive into it, sort of go into it better for nightmares. Uh, it's a topic that a lot of people are very passionate about, so I had to be very careful when putting the presentation together. Uh, and I learned some new things as well. Uh, after that, we're going to be reading some nightmares from our nightmares on Reddit. And I don't believe we have any viewer submissions this week, but if you'd like me to read your nightmare next week, please submit it as an email to theforgottengrove at gmail.com. All right, so... Let's do this presentation. Uh, looks good. So let's define a lucid dream. Just seems appropriate to do here. So a lucid dream is a type of dream where the dreamer becomes aware that they are dreaming. And during a lucid dream, the dreamer may gain some amount of control over the dream characters, the narrative, or the environment. However, this isn't actually necessary for the dream to be described as lucid. All that really needs to happen is that you need to be aware that you're dreaming. And many people already know that. Um, but in history, cultivating the dreamer's ability to be aware that they are dreaming is central to both the ancient Indian Hindu practice of yoga uh, and the Tibetan Buddhist practice of dream yoga. The cultivation of such awareness was a common practice among early Buddhists. Uh, there are also early references to the phenomenon found in ancient Greek writing. For example, the philosopher Aristotle wrote, often when one is asleep, there is something in consciousness which declares that what then presents itself but is is but a dream sorry in the 17th century philosopher and physician sir thomas brown uh, was fascinated by dreams and described his own ability to lucid dream in his uh, religio uh, medici and he stated in this writing yet in one dream i can compose a whole comedy behold the action apprehend the jests and laugh myself awake at the conceits thereof. Samuel Pepys, in his diary entry for uh, the 15th of August, 1665, records a dream stating, I had my lady Castlemaine in my arms and was admitted to use all the dalliance I desired with her and then dreamt that this could not be awake, that it was only a dream. So... I guess even back in the day, uh, guys were lucid dreaming their crushes, as you often see memed in the in the present day. Um, in the 19th century, in 1867 specifically, the French uh, sinologist Marie Jean Leon uh, and Marquis de Hervé de Saint Denis uh, anonymously published Les Rêves et les Moyens de les Dirigères. Sorry, I don't really have very good French pronunciation. Uh, and which means observations on a 
yeah, observations uh, and dreams and ways to direct them, practical observations, in which he describes, they describe, sorry, his own experiences of lucid dreaming and proposes that it's possible for anyone to learn to dream consciously. And we're going to see some data in a minute that might back that up a bit. And then in 1913, uh, Dutch psychiatrist uh, and writer Frederick van Eden coined the term lucid dream in an article entitled A Study of Dreams, and that's who's pictured there on the slide. So there are many people who really take like this very seriously, and this is sort of, it almost seems if you were to go through the lucid dreaming subreddit, like this is what they almost live for. Like some people really, really love their lucid dreams and they look forward to them every night and every day, you know, if they have, you know, some spare time. But uh, yeah, communities like lucid dreaming on Reddit, uh, almost 400,000 followers. They give tips to each other on how to become lucid and talk about experiences they've had while lucid dreaming. Uh, although some people do appear to be more proficient than others. Um, there are many different uh, methods by which it's thought that you can lucid dream. So I'm gonna go through some of them. Uh, so one of these techniques is called dream memory or dream meditation. Uh, so this is one of the ways to lucid dream. So in this one, you're technically still awake when you start, but you meditate so deeply that you begin to dream. So you sort of let your mind wander into your unconscious. Uh, there's another technique called senses-initiated lucid dreaming. This is considered to be a bit more of an advanced technique, and it relies on sensory engagement with the world around you. Uh, the goal of this technique is to become aware of the dream as it's happening, based upon how you feel. So, becoming aware that this feeling is the feeling of dreaming. Sorry, there's a lot of talking in the hallway outside my apartment. I hope that's not too audible. Uh, this is the technique that is best for beginners. Um, I would definitely call myself a beginner. I probably I have had lucid moments in dreams, but I've never had like a fully. Uh, I've never like controlled a dream, super consciously. I've also been aware that I've been dreaming and then I didn't want the dream to end and I just kind of let it continue to play out like I like I forced myself to stay asleep because I wanted to see how the dream ended but that's not again I don't think that that would be considered like fully like proper lucid dreaming anyway this technique is called mnemonic induction of lucid dreams and again this is considered to be the easiest um, protocol or technique to use to lucid dream if you're a beginner uh, so I'll go through that, So, because I don't know, I suspect most people here are beginners, but... Um, so this relies on mental preparation and self-talk to become lucid. So there are four steps to it. So the first thing that you want to do is you want to start keeping a regular dream journal. And that sounds like it shouldn't matter, but there's a few reasons for this. So over time, this will strengthen your dream recall rate meaning the number of dreams that you remember in the morning, as well as de the number of details in each dream. Um, so this will show you how vivid your dreams are, and it will train you to remember your dreams better. And uh, of course, this is important first and foremost because you need to be able to remember your dreams to know if you've succeeded in lucid dreaming. Um, 
and then also writing a dream journal regularly will stimulate more sophisticated dreaming because it's like learning any skill. If you're not remembering it as you're learning it, then you're not going to get better at it. But you actually tend to, as you write down more details and you become cognizant of the details in dreams, your brain will actually produce more complicated and sophisticated dreams for you. Um, and this, like, the more practice that you the, that you get, and the more aware of your dreams you are, the the more this will occur. Um, and it's also worth noting that apparently keeping a dream journal will also give you more interesting non-lucid dreams. Uh, but as a side effect, it is one of the steps to attaining lucidity. So the next step, lucid dream affirmations. So your conscious brain, when it comes to affirmations, so I actually didn't really, I, I may have heard similar things to this before, but basically, you know, the people who say like confidence boosting affirmations or things of that nature, uh, like things that you kind of repeat as mantras to yourself um, and you hope to internalize them. Well, your conscious brain isn't able to internalize them. So your conscious, if you say something to your conscious brain, your conscious brain is able to determine immediately whether what you just said is true or not. Like it's, you know, if you say like, I am confident, I am beautiful, something like that, your conscious brain is like, okay, buddy, like take it easy there. Uh, but your subconscious isn't able to tell like what is true and what's false. Like it, it interprets like everything that it experiences as being the case and then like proceeds from there. So this is why like affirmations supposedly work in terms of boosting your self-confidence because they uh, supposedly your subconscious begins to internalize it even if your conscious mind doesn't. So you can use this to your advantage before bed. Um, so you can, for example, as you're starting to get drowsy lying down in bed and you're starting to fall asleep, then you could say something like, uh, you say it out loud, Oh, oh! did I not write it down? <laughs> Sorry, that's not what you say. Anyway, the next thing that you say, I, I wrote down the next part for some reason, but you will say, the next thing I will see will be a dream, like as you're about to fall asleep. Like, I'm going to lucid dream tonight. The next thing I see will be a dream. Like you transition it to be more and more sort of present to what's about to happen. Like, like this is a dream that I'm, like that type of thing. Uh, but But the way you start off, uh, is probably less important, but it would be like, yeah, I'm going to lucid dream tonight, something like that. So just repeat that mantra, like as you're falling asleep, and that will sort of tell your subconscious, if your subconscious keeps hearing, the next thing I see will be a dream, it might remember that when you awake into one. So the third step, visualize the dream. So as your mind is wandering, as you lay, as you're laying down in bed to sleep, um, rather than, uh, you know, minds do tend to wander during that time, often on, you know, stressful events of the day, uh, that type of thing. But if you can train it to, it's not even train it, like you just have to be a bit persistent, like just decide to do it. Like you have to think about, okay, what might a dream look like that I'd like to visit or engage with? And you start to imagine that and imagine as many details of it as you can. Maybe it's a cityscape. Maybe you're in the middle of a forest somewhere and it, there's big, huge, impossible, 
beautiful purple flowers, like things like this, and then you get more and more detailed. And then this will become sort of almost a meditative exercise. And often what happens when you do this is if you do a good dream, uh, a good job, sorry, <laughs> you, your brain won't know that you're dreaming. Like you're, you're having a daydream and then you'll fall asleep at some point and your brain won't even realize that it's fallen asleep, your conscious brain. And you just continue the dream as if you were still daydreaming. So yeah, like not, and this doesn't always work, but um, yeah, it's thought that you can just sort of fall asleep in the middle of that daydream and it just becomes your dream. And then the fourth step is to develop for yourself a form of reality check which is when you're in the dream or when you believe that you're in the dream, get used to, um, everyone's can be different, but do something or try to do something that wouldn't be possible in the real world. Like maybe it's um, have, you know, six digits on your hand or have, you know, phase your hands through each other. And if you can do that, then you know that you're in the dream and then you can start to do whatever you want. But the reality check uh, is is sort of the fourth step to really like consistently recognize lucidity and then be able to proceed from there. And then one final method um, for lucid dreaming is to, it's called wake back to bed. So what this involves is you set your alarm clock for about two hours before you'd normally wake up. Um, so this uh, will then help you sort of achieve REM sleep faster, or that's what it's thought to do, because you wake up and you're sort of groggy. That's like what you want to happen in this technique. So so the idea is that when you get back to sleep, you'll be in REM sleep faster. And you might be like, okay, well, who cares? Well, in a 2017 study, they found that if you combine this technique with mnemonic induction of lucid dreams method, which I talked about on the previous slide, they found that 60% chance for a lucid dream to occur in the general population with two weeks of practice. So that number would only increase over time. So this is why uh, there may be some validity to the idea that almost anyone can lucid dream. Uh, yeah, so this is like waking up in the middle of the night, they're groggy, and then you go into the thing, the next thing I see will be a lucid dream, that type of thing. So you combine those two techniques, 60% in two weeks with a, a sample from the general population. I think that's pretty convincing. So of course we're all about nightmares on this channel. So for lucid nightmares to occur, you have to be aware that you're dreaming, right? That's the lucid part, which is necessary. But unlike in regular lucid dreaming, the conscious mind is completely dominated by your unconscious. Um, so you're aware that what you're seeing isn't real, but you still don't have any power to do anything about it. So, um, and maybe there could be some aspects of the dream where you know it's a dream and you can control, but there has to be, by definition, for it to be a nightmare. Well, I mean, I guess unless you're choosing to disturb yourself, I guess I guess you could be in control of the whole thing, but why would you do that anyway? Uh, often you also can't wake up from a lucid nightmare. So even though you know it's a nightmare, um, normally in lucid dreaming, you can sort of wake yourself up at any time because you recognize it's a dream. And in fact, uh, one of the treatments for someone who suffers from very bad nightmares like chronically is to learn to become lucid mid nightmare and then wake yourself up. But sometimes 
uh, lucid nightmares can actually be more terrifying than regular non-lucid nightmares because you're aware it's a dream and you're trapped in it. Like, you can't wake up. Um, and yeah, sorry, I kind of gave away this slide on, on the previous one, but uh, you can sort of learn to gain lucidity and do those reality checks when you're in a nightmare. Uh, then that can actually save you from a lot of the uh, you know nightmares that you might be experiencing or suffering from. Um, yeah, I, I already said that. So the lucid brain. So you might recall two weeks ago, I sort of discussed the purpose of dreams and what a dream looks like in sort of the neuroscience, like roughly, I, I'm not, I didn't go super into it, but uh, basically dreams are the result of the forebrain responding to random activity initiated at the brainstem. This is recap from two weeks ago. Um, so, right, so basically, yeah, there's just some sort of activity going on throughout the brain initiated at the brainstem. We don't need to go into the detail again. Uh, but one thing that's interesting is that we can also study lucid dreaming separately. And you might be thinking, well, how, how, do, how do we know when someone's lucid dreaming? Well, maybe they could wake up and tell us afterwards. But this is actually really interesting. So if you look at this figure here, uh, so scientists can uh, have a participant who's a skilled lucid dreamer. Once they realize they're lucid in the dream, they tell them before this happens, like when they're awake, look all the way to the left and then all the way to the right and then do that again and then look straight ahead and then they can actually see that so they know it's like a form of communicating with the outside world while they're on a dream and that's what you see here so this is uh i'm actually not sure i mean i'm not, I'm not sure if this is a, a brain wave or if this is i don't think so or if it's just the left right left right of the eyes this is basically like after which during the rem sleep rem sleep basically and then a dream may start to occur and then the participant in the study does this with their eyes and then all of a sudden the researchers know okay they're lucid dreaming now so you can actually study the brain sort of in real time as it's lucid dreaming by having the participant let you know which i thought was really really cool um and so uh we've identified some differences between brain activity of someone who's lucid. So what does it look like when there's also a consciousness present within a, night, a nightmare, well, a dream or a nightmare, right? Because we've, we've seen two weeks ago some of what the brain activity of a dream looks like, but what does it then also look like when a nightmare emerges? Uh, so the top figure, figure A, uh, these are clusters that show regions with significantly increased blood oxygen level dependent signal during REM sleep. Uh, and then it's just showing uh, the different sides of the brain. So the different hemispheres with the like a left and right view. Uh, and what they found was that in lucid dreaming, there was increased activity observed in the anterior prefrontal cortex, medial, medial and lateral uh, parietal cortex, um, including the uh, supramarginal and angular gyrus and inferior middle temporal gyrus. I should have practiced saying these words before I did this, but there you go. Um, but essentially the controls aren't shown, but you consider you can consider anything gray to be control. So if it lights up, that means that when compared to the dream 
the dreaming brain that isn't lucid, these areas of the brain are not activated um, to the same extent. Um, and then similarly, uh, in this uh, figure B here, they wanted to look at connectivity, and they found that frequent lucid, lucid dreamers had increased resting state functional connectivity between uh, the left uh, interior prefrontal cortex and the bilateral angular gyrus, uh, bilateral uh, middle temporal gyrus and right inferior frontal gyrus. So, yeah, just kind of interesting. I mean, the reason it's interesting is because to me, anyway, is that it's really like one of the only ways that I've ever thought of that we could actually like isolate, if you will, the consciousness. Because normally if you were to scan someone's brain, of course they're already conscious if they're awake. Um, but if they're asleep, this is my own rambling by the way at this point, but, but, but just think about it. So if someone's asleep, they're not conscious normally, except for when they're lucid dreaming. So just, just to compare like the brain activity of someone who's sleeping and not conscious versus someone who's conscious in their sleep. Like in that, and in doing so, you're you are in a sense isolating the consciousness, you know, like whatever these things are, these regions are, may be necessary, you know, to consciousness, that type of thing. I don't know, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I just thought that was an interesting thought. Um, yeah, I hope that you appreciated that in the same way I did, although I couldn't blame you if you didn't. How can we stop from dreaming, including lucid dreaming? Um, I forget. There were definitely ways of doing that. I mean, there are certain like chemicals you can take that would prevent you from, from dreaming. Um, I can't remember if melatonin suppresses it or alcohol maybe suppresses dreams. Um, that type of thing but I can't really answer that question very well. That might be like a whole other topic that I'd need to look into. Anyway, hope you enjoyed that. I'm going to read some nightmares now from Reddit. This is a post by a user named Hellish Serenity. The post is titled, The Museum from Hell. The post reads, I just had a nightmare. I was on vacation in Hawaii or someplace tropical with a lot of family and friends. I remember through the whole dream constantly feeling the heat and humidity. First part of the dream was at a get-together. I had someone who was very important to me completely reject me and tell me he never wanted to see me again. I've known this person about 75% of my life and he saved my life multiple times. This was soul-crushing. It started to rain. This stressed me out so much that I wandered the streets at night, very sad, from that until I, uh, a girl I ran into while crying asked me what was wrong and told me I could crash at her place. We got back and she even gave me a towel and a dry t-shirt and pair of shorts. I told her thank you. I was on her couch and trying to calm down when two guys walked in 
and she told me it was fine because they were her brothers. She left the room. One I didn't recognize. The other I recognized as the guy who abused me in real life. They were both glaring at me and sizing me up. They sat on either side of me on the couch and, gra and tried to grab my wrists. I began to struggle and cry out for help. The girl didn't come back. I managed to twist away and booked it out the door. I just wanted to find my family. I made it back by daylight. I had a hostile confrontation with my mom and wanted to go to the beach in the car. She wouldn't let me take the car because it was the only car for the whole family on this trip and she was very annoyed I would ask, ask. so I started walking. I had to run and went to the beach. It was sunny and lots of people were out. I started getting out in the water and on the rocks the waves started getting super strong and dangerous. Some people signaled for me to follow them and, yeah, in diving down and said it was safer. Just trust them. I did and began to dive down further and further. For whatever reason, we had found a ship on the sea floor and went into it. I climbed down uh, a long ladder and there was a long hallway. It looked like a museum. Everything was encased in glass. I had a sudden weird and panicked feeling. The further I went, the more disturbing the displays got. The people who followed me seemed to be just as uneasy as I was. It started out fine like plants, but then became scary. The light grew darker. It was like a sound was being absorbed. All the sound was being absorbed. The air grew colder and drier. Different animal parts had been forcefully sewn together. Human and animal parts sewn together. I moved faster and faster through despite uh, desperate to leave that place. The air was so heavy, I was in tears and began running. I found a dead end, a room, um, a room I refused to go into. There was no exit. The lighting was almost non-existent. I would see a dark uh, tent with something moving inside. I wasn't about to find out. I turned around and ran as fast as I could. I was running back the things that I had thought to be dead forced together specimens had changed positions and were up against the glass. Some of the glass was cracked now. Even close to the start, the plants had grown. It was hard to move through all the plants. I started hauling myself up the ladder. Everybody else who had been down there uh, had left me. Each rung of the ladder got flatter and sharper, and I began to cut my hands and feet on it. I could hear breaking glass below me and eventually the sound of irregular footsteps, paw prints. I was in so much pain, trying to pull myself up this ladder, bleeding everywhere. I could hear a dragging, sloshing around. I knew this was whatever unholy being was in that tank, but I refused to look. I was so close, I needed to get up that ladder. I needed to swim back up. I couldn't. I, f I woke up as I felt my grip loosen, and I let go. Hmm. Interesting. There was a lot of themes in there that I almost identified, and then it just turned out not quite to be what I thought. I thought it was going to be drowning, but then it wasn't. Um, but one thing that was consistent throughout the entire nightmare was appeared to be a fear of abandonment, right? So, obviously there's a lot that happened here. 
Um, like the, the the best friend or one of the best friends for 75% of her life or his life, not sure, uh, gets just kind of like ups and leaves. And then her other friend or their other friend abandons them while they are sitting on the couch and there's, uh, you know, her abuser is, you know, beginning to torment her or whatever. Friend walks away and then encounters, right, hostile confrontation with the mother and she just kind of like has to like walk away from that situation and then again when they're in the menagerie or the museum with the sewn together monsters everybody seems to leave at some point so definitely a feeling of abandonment there um hmm. i wonder if like I woke up as I felt my grip loosen and let go. I wonder if we would consider that to be suicide. Um, or if we could call it a chase dream in general. So, but it, it didn't seem so much like a direct chase uh, as you'd expect or see in other dreams where there's some very obvious like individual monster chasing you. It did become that way at the end, but we can interpret it as though it's a chase, which would indicate that you're avoiding some confrontation in real life, either another person or situation. Um, so, I mean, that could roughly be the case. I mean, that I was thinking just now that that maybe ties in with some of the other like abandonment fears that appear to be present uh, in terms of the friends leaving and conflict with the mother and whatnot. Um, I don't know if we would call it a, actually I don't think that we would call it a suicide dream because it was because the ladder rungs were getting so sharp so I don't know when you're trying to flee from the confrontation that is also harming you that's how I would interpret that um, yeah I think I think that the overall theme if I were to put it sum it all up nicely and put a bow on it at the end it would be that you have a fear that people in your life will abandon you and that um, you don't like conflict, you don't like confrontation, and that uh, you feel like you have to deal with it though because um, not dealing with it is, is hurting you just as much. That would be, <laughs> that would be my biggest uh, summary, the best summary I could manage. Hope that was helpful. Melatonin contributes to the quality and quantity of REM sleep when most dreams occur. Taking extra could kick our REM cycle into hyperdrive, giving us longer, richer, more memorable dreams. Yeah, uh, I thought I thought so. I thought that was what it did. Uh, this is a great dream, well written. There you go. Mm. This is a post by a user named OKStrawberry1638. The post is titled, Don't Stare at the Bird. The post reads, Don't stare at the bird, the big bird. He was seven feet tall, wearing an old doctor's suit, like a bird mask. He had a girl with him, wearing a gas mask. My friend beside me completely froze, like he wasn't there anymore. It was a completely normal dream, until I stared at the bird. I was told randomly in a dream before to not stare at the bird. But I didn't even remember that until the bird man appeared. They told me, don't stare at the bird. The seven foot man will come. 
but I didn't think anything of it. When he came, my stomach was in a horrible pain, and it was tied in a knot for some reason. I was screaming, Croatoan, but not like the Roanoke kind. I'm not sure what those things are. I was screaming it over and over in my head, and I woke up. Don't stare at the bird. This is, oh wow, this is what they wrote in their notes as soon as they woke up. I took melatonin last night because I don't sleep very well without smoking, and I don't have anything to smoke right now. So this could be why I had this dream. It was something trying to communicate with me. Why would I get a dream before that I barely remember, and then out of the blue they go, don't stare at the bird. The seven-foot birdman will come, and then continue to show me a picture of the birdman. I just woke up super early, and now I'm scared to go back to sleep. Mm. Yeah, we'll read the rest of this uh, addendum. Uh, now I'm scared to go back to sleep. Uh, right. I'm sorry if my sentence is messed up there. It didn't make any sense. I'd just woken up and I'm scared to death. And this was fresh out of my memory. The weird thing is that it was a funny dream, an innocent dream. So why do I then see a random silhouette of a bird, a big bird? And of course I stare at it because I like birds. I thought it was an owl or something. But then, the bird wasn't a black shadow anymore. I could see exactly what the bird looked like, and then before it was too late, the bird man appeared, and I couldn't run. I don't know what he wanted, or why I was warned about him in a previous dream. Please give me answers. I'm a very spiritual person, and I'm scared this means something. I know this Reddit is based on science, so what is happening to me? Tell me, because I have no answers and I'm going mad. Nothing scares me at all. I literally collect and clean bones as a hobby. Nothing makes my stomach twist like that. Hmm. I mean, I have no idea what the bird represents. Um, but I mean, the fact that it's a, a doctor uh, you know, it represents the old-timey doctor costume. And then you also said there's a girl with him wearing a gas mask. Makes me think it could be about some type of disease that you're trying to avoid. And it could be maybe corona or something. Um, staring at the bird. I mean, that could just be like... Again, I don't know why it's a bird. Maybe it's like a metaphor for like traveling or going somewhere. So it's like you know, just more sort of corona rhetoric. Uh, although, I mean, that again, that could just be my mind having already decided that the dream is about coronavirus and uh, then, like, filling in the blanks based on that, so maybe that's not the most reliable thing. But also the fact that the man is seven foot, I'm not sure how relevant that is to anything. Even with all of the, the backstory, it somehow feels difficult to interpret. Like, it's difficult to imagine. I mean, Black Shadow. Do I have something on Black Shadow's dark figures? Dark figures indicate doubt, doubt or uncertainty about your future or experiencing a significant change in your life. The figure can be human or not, which is interesting that I have that note in there. So in this case, it's a bird. So it could be doubt or uncertainty about your future. Um, and again, that 
even with that interpretation, you could also chalk it up to Corona. But that is about the best I can do for that one. Hope that you got something out of that. This is a post by a user named Yoxenhan. One word. The post is titled, I always dream about a house that I've never seen before, but I know everything about. The post reads, I had it, I had it last night again and decided to finally share this story because it's starting to become unbearable. Please understand that English is not my first language and I'm sorry for the typos. The dream always starts with me and my friends in our school. There's always a fair or something community related happening and we decide to stay inside the building for some time while everything is happening outside. As we are inside, we find a new staircase that wasn't there before and isn't there in the real building. So we decide to go down the stairs and see what's in there. By this point, I'm completely by myself. My friends simply vanish and it's just me and a completely different building that looks like a really fancy hotel. The thing is, excuse me, I know exactly how this place is inside. I know that if I go down this hallway, there's a bunch of elevators in the end of it. If I follow these staircases and go to the lowest floor, it will end up in a deconstructed area in which a little girl lives, etc, etc. I've never been to this place before. I don't know where this is or if it's a real place. If you might be wondering what's so scary about that. In every room of this place, there are people trying to kill me. Every time I have this nightmare, I feel like I'm walking to my own death. It doesn't matter which room I end up on. I always end up being tortured in a way that I start begging the people to just kill me. When I wake up, I'm completely paralyzed. I can't move or talk. My limbs go numb and I just have to wait for everything to go back to normal. I've been having this dream for around two years right now, but I'm just sharing it today because a friend of mine encouraged me to try to find someone who could understand this better or someone who had the same experiences that I do. Also, please have in mind that I'm a very devoted Christian, so I already pray every night for protection. Just saying this because the most common reaction that I receive when I tell people about this is that I should pray before going to bed. If you happen to have an explanation for why I know this place so well, why do I keep dreaming about the same place, uh, um, or why you dream about a place that you've never seen before like this, please tell me so I don't feel alone anymore. Side note. Okay, we don't need to read the side note. Um, hmm. Well, my first thought is that it doesn't really sound like a house. So when you started off describing it as a house, I was going to go with a Jungian interpretation, but okay, a really fancy hotel. Your friends were there and then they simply vanish. Um, play any places yourself in a dream. I don't know. Um, but like, no matter where you go, you, you run into something that's torturing you. 
Um, one thing, I mean, well, like the first maybe like most obvious thought is that you're having the, you know the place so well because you've been there so many times. You've had the dream so many times. I would say, and I mean, the other thing that I can comment on right away is that when you wake up, you're completely paralyzed. You can't move or talk. All my limbs go numb and I just have to wait for everything to go back to normal. That's just sleep paralysis. Um, do you have this every night? Seems like not every night, but you've had it um, multiple times. Um, actually, I think that the solution here would be to recognize, I mean, you must recognize when you're in the dream. If you know everything about the house, maybe you can reason that you're in a dream. And, you know, as I talked about in the presentation earlier, maybe you can encourage yourself to wake up recognizing that it's a dream. Sort of train yourself to become lucid. Um, I don't think I've ever had something like that where I completely know the the layout of a place unless um, it's a recurring dream. Because in a recurring dream, you are legitimately remembering the layout of the building. So I mean, like that would be why you know how it's laid out if you um, have... Uh, you know, if you're having it recurringly. Like, I don't think that it necessarily needs to be, like, a mystical reason for that. Um, and the fact that every path that you take leads you to torture could just be a sense of feeling, like, helpless in terms of your own decision-making in the real world. Like, maybe you feel like you're you're too hard on yourself. Maybe you think that everything that you do is wrong or has led you, like, every path that you take is just... And you, you keep repeating the same things. Like, you, you know all of the things that you can do in your life are draining to you, and they're not fulfilling. And so maybe I would think about trying to identify what you want to do in life and pursuing that more actively. Um, as it were, you're creating a different path for yourself in real life, and maybe a new path will appear in the dream. So that would be my other tip in addition to learning to become lucid. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't think I've ever had anything quite like that, so I'm afraid I can't help with that, but I hope that you got something out of that uh, analysis and those two tips. This is a post by a user named a hairy bird. The post is titled, Has Anyone Had This Dream? The post reads, Hello, just curious, but has anyone else been having dreams where some sort, uh, sorry, where some of the people don't have a full face? The eyes are there, but everything down is gone, including the nose. No chin, no mouth, cheeks, just eyes. Mine is usually me walking and I'm passing people with no faces, but not everyone is faceless. Like people I know or people I see all the time while going to work will have a full face, but everyone else, no face. They just glare at me like I'm doing something wrong. Has anyone, uh, anyone has an idea, let me know, please and thank you. That's really interesting. Um... I mean, that's, I mean, it almost sounds like a poorly rendered lucid dream or something like that, right? Because, like, all the people that you actually know what their faces are. Um, but, obviously, there's more to it than that. 
Um, I wonder if we can sort of do kind of a rough tie-in to a silent scream dream here. So, uh, yeah, so a silent scream dream or nightmare normally is one where you feel like you can't talk, right? You feel like you can't talk or you aren't being heard. You feel helpless or frustrated with some situation. Maybe, I mean, if all of the people that you know have mouths, it could suggest... I'm, I'm really kind of reaching with this one because it's such an outlandish dream. It's, it's very hard for me to interpret, but perhaps you feel like random people that you don't know have a, don't have a voice or you or aren't being heard in real life, or it f feels like they're frustrated with something. Um, again, you don't really owe anything to random people, though, so it's kind of difficult to, you know, say that this is something that really should be addressed deeply. But um, it could be, right, that you feel like maybe, maybe you feel guilty about the fact that random people aren't as important to you as people that you know. I don't know. That's really the best I can do, because they're also sort of glaring at you angrily, right? Um, is it, I mean, wh when you're describing it as well, it almost sounds very calm and sophisticated, like, why would they have a face? Why would they have a mouth and a nose, right? You're just ca sort of casually passing people with no faces, and they're just sort of silently judging you, um, like I'm doing something wrong. Uh, the other thing is maybe it could be a feeling, a sensation of not um, just general like insecurity like, like the people don't need to have mouths like you're just like afraid of being judged uh, in general uh, like a lack of confidence or you you have maybe social anxiety and you're afraid to meet new people these are all just brainstorming possibilities I'm thinking of because this is a, t a very tough dream to interpret uh, but I hope you found that interesting at the very least Oh, oh, hang on a second. Uh, someone in my chat has had that. Uh, I've had that also where just the eyes are blackened out. So unpleasant. Also happens during migraine aura. I wonder if that person has ever had migraines. Interesting. So possible connection to migraines there. Um, I don't know what that could be. Maybe just the fact that it's related to the eyes. Wait, but, but wait, what is migraine aura, though? Like, are you seeing this in real life? Or is this when you have a migraine and you close your eyes and then you start to dream the people will not have parts of their face? Oh, I don't know. I've never had a migraine, so I can't really, can't really relate. But, like, if you look at something bright and then you look at, around the room and you see that those areas where you were looking at the bright thing are now blackened out in your field of view, is it like that? Um... Because maybe that's that's it. Like maybe you've just been looking at a lot of bright lights or something. Uh, maybe I was overcomplicating it. Well, I mean they've had that aura. They may also dream about it. So, oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, so maybe frequent migraine sufferer. That might be a possibility. This is a post by a user named Pink Candy Heart. The post is titled, Commute Nightmare. The post reads, I don't normally dream about myself or people I know, 
but last night I had a bizarre one with my friend and I'm getting a ride to work in an Uber, as we do daily. It was oddly dark. I couldn't see well. My sight is often impaired in my dreams, and the Uber seemed really dirty. I was surprised that my friend took it. I got in and noticed the driver was smoking. We were both getting uncomfortable. I went and uh, sorry, I went to hold her hand, and the driver turns around and grabs us while eating some woman and smoking at the same time. He had her by the neck, just hanging there, blood everywhere. Woke up in jolt, feeling grossed out. I had been having a good dream prior to that. Ugh, this one. Uh, this was a mild one of late, as of late. My friends can't handle me telling them my dreams anymore, so I thought I'd try venting here. Interesting. Um. <laughs> wow, like these, like none of the ones that I've read today are things that I've ever read about on my dream chart before. Eating a woman, cannibalism. I mean, it could be just, uh, a fear of like a bad uber driver or something right like maybe you did have an experience that was subpar for you know to put it tamely um it really doesn't seem like your friend or that the dream is about your friend like your friend happens to be there and it's something that you do daily so i wouldn't say that you have to worry about that like relationship with your friend or anything that seems fine it does seem like it's probably just a fear of the the uber itself and you know the fact that he's, you know, eating a woman, <laughs> eating a woman, uh, like, I say that so casually, but it's like a very intense thing to see in a nightmare, obviously. Um, yeah, I think that probably the, the, the nightmare is just about a fear of the Uber driver, because you take an Uber every day and, you know, some of these rides are more pleasant than others. I, I feel like you don't really need to look into it um, much further than that. Um, Sorry, I think. So if they have experiences IRL, people's faces blocked out, that might explain why they're seeing it in dreams a bit. I see. Or precedes the pain. Too many crime thrillers, Hannibal the Cannibal. Yeah, that could be an alternate interpretation for Pink Candy Hearts Nightmare. Just too many crime thrillers. But alternatively, it could be just a fear of the Uber driver. Uh, but yeah, for the, for the previous one, for the migraine one, uh, could make sense. Uh, to explain it away in terms of uh, yeah the the migraine makes you see people uh, less well so if you're used to seeing a lack of faces or parts of faces in real life then you'd also see it in nightmares this is a post by a user named lucatas28 the post is titled a very weird nightmare the post reads, I remember that I fell asleep, and in the dream I was playing a mobile video game about patrolling a swimming pool while sitting down at a lobby or something like that. It was kind of dumb. But I lost in the game. I don't remember how. <laughs> and now I was seeing the game in first person. As in, I was the person patrolling the pool. And then this red text shows up on top of my eyesight saying, he's coming for you. 
A fat, creepy clown enters the lobby, stares at me, and I black out. I then remember waking up in some kind of daycare where almost everything was pastel pink while I was in the nightmare. The clown was sitting right in front of me, smiling. Then I remember that I ran outside from him. It was night and everything was dark when suddenly a guy shows up and is super agitated, like, hey, hey, do you know where the bus stop is? I need to get to one urgently, when there was a bus stop right behind him. I get more scared and run away. I looked behind me and the clown was chasing me. It eventually catches up to me and stabs me. Then I wake up yet again. I'm in a street in the daytime surrounded by people and everything is normal. But then I see the clown peeking from the corner and suddenly there's no people and I see the clown peeking again. This time in some kind of fursuit but with the face still visible. Then a bunch of other people with fursuits and blue skin surround me in the street while grinning. I black out and wake up for real. I have no idea what caused this nightmare to happen. It was all really weird. Hmm. Well, I did happen to add clowns to the dream chart. So, interesting thing about clown nightmares is that they actually have the exact same interpretation as an imposter nightmare. So, an imposter nightmare is, uh, if you don't know, uh, it's one where you see you know, your mother or your friend or somebody, but they're not really your mother or your friend or somebody. It's like, you know, they were wearing the skin of them or they're an alien that's mimicked them perfectly somehow. So people aren't who they seem to be. So what an imposter nightmare indicates is that someone uh, in real life uh, you think is untrustworthy or not who they appear to be. The alternative interpretation is that they can be a warning to protect yourself, your information, or your psychological space. Um, and again, clans, when you see a clown in a nightmare and when you're being chased, uh, well, we'll get to being chased in a second, but when you see a clown in a nightmare that is supposedly has the exact same interpretation as seeing an imposter. So, so that could mean that you think that there's someone in real life who's untrustworthy or not where they appear to be, or you feel like you need to protect yourself, your information, or your psychological space. Now, the being chased aspect, because that was another major factor in the dream, indicates that you're avoiding some confrontation in real life with another person or situation. So, pair that up with what we learned from the clown one. Um, but what else happens here? Like, the different contexts are something that you would be able to understand better than me. So the fact that it's a daycare. Like, that almost sounds like some repressed memory or something <laughs> like we talked about last week. Just the fact that there's, you know, why would there be a clown in a daycare? So the clown, again, i got to look at this multiple times because my memory is so bad. You feel like you need to protect yourself, your information, or your psychological space protecting yourself in the daycare like again like maybe something bad happened and that you don't even like remember but your unconscious does uh while you're in daycare um guy at a bus stop i mean this one also kind of gives me an imposter vibe right the fact that he needs to get to the bus stop so urgently but there's one right behind him it does seem like something like like an imposter nightmare 
Uh, it has the vibe of an imposter nightmare because an alien, this is the behavior of an alien. This isn't the behavior of a sane human. And the fact that he needs something from you somehow, like, and you just need to get away. Um, hmm. Oh, I think I missed the part where he, he stabs you. Yeah, so he stabs you and then you wake up again in the street at daytime. Everything's normal. So no matter where you're going, you just have this uneasy feeling and there's somebody chasing you and there's imposters and it feels like people are out to get you and you just feel like you need to protect yourself in your psychological space. Uh, but uh, again, being attacked, so that means you feel out of control or vulnerable in some aspect of your life. The weapon used and the identity of the attacker may be clues as to what you're feeling vulnerable about. Um, I feel like the the whole vibe I get from this dream is paranoia in general. Um, and that could be with people that you know, and it could be just random people. Like it could be it could be anybody. Um, seeing as the clown obviously isn't somebody that you know. P yeah, and then the dream does end with like everybody, you know, in the environment around you is is normal, and then all of a sudden everyone when they reappear is wearing fursuits and blue skin and smiling at you in a creepy way. Like, I feel like it's a lack of trust of other people generally and feeling uneasy around them. Could be social anxiety. Um, yeah, I feel like I've said plenty about that, so I hope that you got something useful out of it. Mm. And we're almost out of time, uh, but I've got a very short one. It would be cool to have a bunch of regular dreamers try a number of different dream triggers at the same time and see what dreams they have see how they compare. What do you mean by dream triggers? Uh, but yeah, it does sound interesting. Um, so I'm just going to read this short nightmare real quick. This is a post by Brody BRPDY. The post is titled Ticklish Pool Noodles. The post reads, so I don't know if I can even call this a nightmare, but yeah. So I had a dream where I woke up on the couch, and there was this floating pool noodles chasing me. Whenever they hit me, it tickled a bit. I was running around the house in terror, then I managed to find shelter in my room, where Link from Legend of Zelda was also hiding out. <laughs> the pool noodles broke down the door, and right before, I'm guessing, they caved my skull in, I woke up. I... yep. <laughs> Excellent. Um, well, we can give this the full the treatment. Uh, so basically, I mean, getting chased certainly, again, as we already mentioned, indicates that you uh, are avoiding some confrontation in real life with another person or situation. What's particularly interesting to me is that Link from Legend of Zelda is also hiding out in your room trying to avoid confrontation in some situation. Perhaps you feel that you identify with Link from Legend of Zelda. Maybe you grew up with him. Uh, maybe he was a hero to you. <laughs> I don't know, something of this nature. Now, the fact that it's pool noodles is certainly uh, difficult to interpret, but I don't know, perhaps uh, when you were a kid or something, you went to a friend's house and they had like pool noodles and they did that thing where they put a bunch of water in it and then they uh, blew into it and sprayed it in your face and you didn't like that. And maybe now that's why you're imagining pool noodles chasing you. Uh, alternatively, maybe you don't like swimming at all. You don't like the pool and you just don't want to, to associate with that. Again, 
Uh, I don't know what the pool noodles could represent, but you may have a better idea about that than I. And I also, I really enjoy actually and appreciate the fact that Link from Legend of Zelda is hiding in your room. Um, and that is a different, difficult, uh, difficult thing to interpret. Um, they say also in these chasing nightmares that the manner in which you run from the uh, chaser is the manner in which you avoid problems in real life. So to have a video game character avoiding the same problem as you, I mean, maybe that means that you are avoiding your problems through playing video games. Like maybe that's just like your method of escapism, something of that nature. Perhaps this doesn't need to be looked into too deeply, but... Um, I hope that you got something of value from what I've commented on it. Um, horror movies, alcohol for the drinkers, just a little bit. Exercise before bed, bad food before bed, whole bunch of known dream triggers. Oh, I see what you're saying. So just if you were to give, right, or even just like melatonin, like give people a bunch of things that, cause you to dream more wildly and then seeing just what kinds of crazy things uh, you can see speaking of seeing nightmares i thought it'd be cool to i don't know like how advanced this is but i know that they were doing some machine learning thing where they were trying to read thoughts so based on you know just scanning the the outside of the brain based on like imagining different things like an apple or simple things like colors and then the computer learns what the brain uh, activity on the outside looks like when the person is imagining that thing. Um, and then, you know, it'd be cool to see one day in the future, maybe we'll be able to record our dreams through this technology, but it would probably have to be a lot more sensitive and sophisticated than our computational capacity would allow for at this point. Uh, anyway, that's not really relevant to anything. Just thought it was an interesting thought. And that is going to be it for this week of Nightmare Theater. Um, if you'd like me to read your nightmare in the future, please send it as an email to theforgottengrove at gmail.com. Next week, I wanted to talk about something that I touched on very briefly, well, in my first episode, and then also periodically in some of my analysis and interpretations of nightmares, which is coronavirus nightmares. So I'm going to do a presentation on that, um, which I think should be pretty good. And um, so you don't miss that and don't miss out next week's broadcast. Make sure to subscribe and hit the bell. And I think that that's all I have to say. Yeah, that did whiz by. <laughs> anyway, until next time, embrace the beautiful dark.